words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. So this morning, we're sharing about gratitude and generosity. We all know the meaning of the words. I'm not going to go into the meaning of the words or the definitions of the word. I'm just going to give us some spiritual, spiritual guidance and some scriptural references. Let's start this morning from... Um, Thank you, Jesus. Luke 17, 11 to 19. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voice and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priest, verse 14. And so it was as they went to go and show themselves to the priest, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned. And with a loud voice glorified God and fell down to his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Hallelujah. Psalm 103, verse 1 to 5. And I want, to read, I want us to read this together. If you can put it on the screen for us. Psalm 103, verse 1 to 5. Let's go, church. One, two, go. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The first thing that is generous about God is the most generous thing God ever did was to give his only son so the most generous gift of God is the gift of forgiveness of sin. That we who were sinners will no more be accounted as sinners. That we who were lost will no more be accounted as lost. But we have now been planted into God as his sons. And this gift that keeps on giving is for the people who are here today it's for people who have died. It's for people who will come after we're dead and gone. 
It's an eternal gift that keeps on giving. It's the biggest gift ever. Like you were condemned to die, but Jesus came and paid generously because what is your life worth? That is really the essence of generosity. The first modicum of generosity is to remember that you are no more <laughs> the victim of what you went through. That you are no more the victim of sin. That you are no more the victim of the devil. That the devil should not be able to toss you to the left and the right. That now you are a son of God. Amen. Verse 3 of Psalm, which we just read, 103 says, Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? Hallelujah. The first thing that God's generosity abounds to us in is salvation. The second thing, I'm just going to give you five things that God's generosity looks like. And then the sixth one will be why we should be generous. Number, number second thing that we have to remember about generosity is that not only has God given us salvation, he gives us the grace Salvation comes with a grace. Say grace. Grace means capacity to do what you couldn't do by yourself. At the top layer of grace, grace means unmerited favor. That's what everybody talks about. You don't merit it. It's not something that you merited, but it was given to you. That's grace at the top layer. But at the deeper level, grace is making up. Grace is paying for your incapacity. Grace is also not just forgiveness and covering. Grace is also enablement. Say enablement. That means that there's stuff you couldn't do, but grace came to enable you. So there's grace for righteous living. There's grace for forgiveness. So grace is not only when we've done something wrong, we say, now by God's grace, so. No, grace is also capacity for you not to fall. Grace is also strength for you to pursue. Grace is also the, the grit for you to hold on. And that holding on is still grace. It's not only when you fall that you have received grace. There is grace to stand. There's grace to stand. The Bible says the grace of God has appeared to all men, teaching us, training us to avoid worldly loss and to live soberly in this world. John chapter 1 verse 16 says, For from his fullness we have received, we have all received grace upon grace. This is scripture too. It's so easy to remember, right? John 1 16 for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Let's repeat that. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. 
He grants us grace to do life. God's will. And grace is generous. Grace is not small. Grace is massive. Grace is amazing. Grace upon grace. When yesterday's grace runs out, you receive new grace today. You have what it takes. You have strength. You have resonance of spirit from the grace of God. You ask, can I stand? Yes, you have grace to stand. Number three, where we see the abundance and the generosity of God is in nature. Nature is abundant. Nature is actually this, the handwriting of God among men. Romans chapter 1 says from, from created things you can see the nature of God. From the things that are created you can see how God is like. How many of you remember when heat comes in Lagos? Oh my God. There was a map. Somebody drew a diagram. Somebody drew how the earth was somewhere and the sun moved closer to Lagos. How many of you remember that cartoon? It was about two years ago, in the, three years ago in the heat of the sun. One time Lagos was so hot. Lagos was going 37, 38 degrees. And people were like, are we burning up or something? Are we near the sun? Why is the sun so generous? <laughs> Believe me, the sun is absolutely generous and it keeps on giving. All scientists try all types of experiments, but they stay far away from the sun. They fly to other planets, but they respect the sun. They don't, nobody has done space mission to the sun. As you are going near it, you start disintegrating. The sun is generous. And if we are able to capture the sun wisely, all the phototropic solar panels will be very happy with the sun because that's how electricity is generated. Or should I tell you about snow? Some of you have not experienced intense snow. But I don't think you will like it. That's a euphemistic way to say that you are not going to like it much. The snow is abundant. One time, I was trying to scrape snow off my car while it was still snowing. I poured hot water on, the, on my glass. The hot water was freezing as it was arriving. It's so, on minus 20. You come in the morning, your entire house is buried in snow. Why? Generosity. <laughs> God is absolutely generous. Like, God, can you love us a little less with this snow? <laughs> or rain. How many of you have seen some of those days in Lagos where we're all begging? The whole of Lekki, people are driving around in canoes. And in power boats, literally, houses underwater. Do you know the waters of the world are more than the land spaces on the earth? 
from the rivers of the earth, you can see the generosity of God. The earth is 75% water, 25% land. You know, I was talking about the Noah movie at the retreat. I felt like it was a retreat the whole weekend, yeah. But it was video. In that Noah movie, they said, the scripture said, the fountain of the great deep opened up, right? Do you know what that means? That means there's water under the ground. So what those movie people got right was they got many things wrong about Noah's fight with his family, all those kind of things. Hollywood, they didn't care. They just wanted to just make a movie that was epic and, and nobody can be good. How can Noah be good now? Let him be drunk. Let him be killing his family members. No, that's actually how they depicted Noah in the movie. But the thing they got right was how the waters from the earth shot up as the waters from the raven, heavens were coming down. There is rivers from the earth. There's abundance of water. There are towns where they are begging. I think when we're praying for nations, somebody said that a, a town came to his memory, Tuvalu. And Tuvalu is such a tiny island, they are afraid that maybe in 50 years with predictions about global warming, they will stop existing. Why? Generosity. Water is abundant. Abundance. God doesn't make things small, small, small. Every sailor will tell you that water is abundant. They travel and travel and navigate and navigate. Getting lost at sea is something that every sailor will tell you. Why? Water everywhere. No land inside. Hallelujah. Thank you for your greatness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your abundance. Thank you for your abundance. Thank you for your abundance. Something else that we must remember about the generosity of God is not the big things. It's the daily. Daily sustenance. Huh. Psalm 145 verse 15 says, All eyes are on you, expectant, so you can give them their meals on time. Every one of us always looks for, to God for our daily bread. Not as such, this generation, this generation has mastered the art of, do you understand? Hoarding. So once our hoarding supplies goes down, we panic. Actually, what God intends to give to us it's not abundance to keep. It's abundance to spread. God intends for you to be a channel. God intends for you to be a, a holding place to give. God be, intends for you to be his distributor upon the face of the earth. This is not a message about taking offering. I hope you don't think gratitude and thanksgiving has to do with taking offering in church. No. No. It's more than that. 
It has to do with you being a channel. If God wants to heal people, can he use you? If God wants to touch nations, can he use you? If God wants to break the oppression around a particular woman, can he use you? If God wants to set a man free, can he use you? Because once you understand that level of generosity, you are not only trying to be transactional with people. Because that's what most of Lagos is. Lagos is, I do you one favor, you owe me one favor. It's all about transactions. Musicians said it, we're talking, I was talking to a musician friend of mine, and she said to me, I come to your show, you come to my show. We pay, we're even. I don't keep on coming to your show and you don't post about me. You don't talk about me. It's the same. There are certain people who call me. Every time they call me, I can tell why they are calling me. It's either because I have privilege with Radisson Blue because we've been here for four years and they want that discount. They will never call me anytime, apart from when they want to book the hall. That's my use. Hall, hall booker. <laughs> Do you have friends like that? So generosity is not just about giving in the church. It's actually about giving a smile. It's actually about giving love. It's actually about, because God gives us daily, daily, amen. And everyone has something to give. Number five, Proverbs 11, verse 25 to 26. The generous soul will be made rich. And he who waters will also be watered himself. Can you give me the scripture? Did I get it? Proverbs 11.25. The general soul will be made rich. And he who waters will also be watered himself. The people who, the people who will curse him who withholds grain, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. So this is actually what we do to activate generosity. The generous soul will receive generosity. Be a generous soul. Be that person who is generous to the world. The Bible says he who withholds grain, people will curse him. How many of you know that there is a grain withholder in Nigeria who buys up all the grain in the north and then wait for the price to go up and then dictates the price? What do you think people do? People are powerless, but they still curse him. How many of you know there is somebody who kills sugar factories in Nigeria? Whether from Newman to somewhere in Sukkar, all the sugar plantations... The person bought them all and then stopped producing. And they started importing sugar for everyone. So now it's a monopoly 
he fixes the price. How many of you know somebody did that with cement too in Nigeria? From Benue cement and Kalago cement to all the cement factories we used to know, somebody bought them all. And then all of them are in half production. All of a sudden, we're buying imported cement. Mm. When you see the Bible, you see green. You think it's only green. So when people cast aspersion, how many of you know that somebody wants to buy all the refineries in Nigeria? Do you guys understand? So the word of God hits sometimes. When you hear it, it looks like it's there. But actually, it enters. The word of God is real. It's real. This word of God is real. So, don't be the winger. Tell somebody that. Don't be the winger. Be generous. You know all those people, I left my purse, I left my wallet, can you pay? I, I, I just got to go now, I, I, just got, I hope you got the bill. I, I, hope you, I, hope you, I hope you guys are okay, everything's sorted, I, I, I have to go. When you go out to lunch, pay. That's what I love about Nigerians. We're actually generous like that. Everybody knows. We're generous people. We're generous people. So don't join. There is a westernized version of, of, you know, splitting bills. We don't split bills in Nigeria. No, we don't. If I come to your birthday, you still buy me food. We don't go Dutch. And then you give me takeaway and you give me gifts. So there's abuse of generosity as well. Don't think that because you're generous, people will not abuse it. I remember my friend, Dr. Kunle, he's late now, Dr. Kunle Adeyemi, a great guy. It was his wedding day. I was new in Lagos. So this wedding happened in Yaba in a, in a school. And I thought that I knew his friends until I arrived at the wedding venue. My goodness, I could not believe my eyes. There were like 5,000 people in the wedding. I was like, how is this young doctor going to feed all these people? But then what I didn't know was that there were many food departments. Different families have cooked. There were like 10 different caterers catering to different people. But what I, didn't, what I couldn't get my eyes off was some women who sat. You know how during worship some people just sit as if they have stone in their back? Some women sat down. They order rice. They order a while going. They order moi moi. They order pounded yam. I'm like, ha! Ah. <laughs> On top of my friend, this poor doctor. Just take us. 
Just what? Takers. Don't be a taker. Don't be a taker. Be a giver. Tell someone, I am a giver. Tell them, look at me. I'm a giver. May God's grace come upon you that you don't just sit and eat fat on a wolf. Be generous. Don't go anywhere without a gift. Give to the children. Back in those days, uncle used to give children five, five hundred and one thousand. Why don't you give to your nieces and nephews? That's why when you come, all the children are angry. <laughs> Have notes in your pocket that you give to beggars. And guess what? It's not the amount. If you can't afford one 1,000 gift, carry 50-50 Naira and give to beggars. Just give. Give. Tell someone, give. Everywhere you go, give. As a church, we made it our, our mandate to give in the community. We give, we give, we give, we give as a church. When everyone who comes to Massey Children's Hospital gets a surgical pack from this church, everyone who goes to that hospital hears from us. In prison now, Nigeria Correction Service is calling us partners. At the end of December, they gave us 60 names and say, come and help these 60 people get out of prison. We're giving. We're giving. And guess what? Giving has multiplier effect. As you start giving, people you don't know will connect to what you're giving and they will multiply it for you. Give. And it doesn't matter if it's your name on it. For example, the best people who do education in Nigeria is the Destiny Trust Foundation. Argue with your keyboard. <laughs> Do you guys understand? They take children from all the streets and they work with them for 10 years, 12 years. I love that systematized way of giving because to take someone out of the street is not handouts they need. They need a structure. They need a home. They need a place to go, to call their own. And they need food every day. And Destiny Trust got it right. They got it right. So why would I want to start a church and do a charity for orphanage again? I just simply what? Partner with the Destiny Trust. It's not about your name. Generosity has nothing to do with whether your name is on top of it. Cast your bread upon the waters, the Bible says. And you shall find it after many days. Let generosity flow from out of you. Why? Because generosity is like God. And look at the Bible says, a generous soul, we read it just now, a generous soul will be what? Proverbs. 
Proverbs 11.25, it says, The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. If you see dryness around you, ask yourself, who have you been watering? There are seasons in my family when we came across dry seasons. And my wife and myself came to us, and came, to, came together and said, who should we give to? I remember when my wife and I gave away our first car. It was a Mazda 626. This car started giving us problem. The car was not old or anything. Oh, just started giving us problems. So Adiza and I came and said, do we really need this car as such? We agreed that we didn't need it because we had another car. So I said to Adiza, let's just sell it. Adiza said, no. As Peter says, there's a pastor in Jaws. So we asked for one driver to take the car to Jaws. That car that was almost behaving as if the engine would knock, he drove straight to Jaws, no problem. And ever since he arrived Jaws, no more issues. Car was perfect. Do you understand? Could it be that the car that is having problem is not your car? <laughs> Do you know you have to exceed your mind in giving not just to the church not just to the pastor to your world be generous why because god is generous there's people who whinge the bible says there's one who holds back and goes into poverty or there's one who scatters his seed and comes into abundance now i'm not saying you shouldn't do wise planning do you understand? The Holy Spirit, will, you have to partner with the Holy Spirit. Because if you carry all your money to, to Zumba, you won't reach Lekki before it can finish. Because of the amount of need. The need is great. You have to be led of the Spirit. But let there be an openness to generosity. Within the capacity that God has given you, give. Don't forget, God is the first giver. Number two, God will never ask you for anything that he hasn't given to you first. Do you guys understand this? And when we see the, gener the generosity of God, what it should take us to is gratitude. He who has forgiven our sins. He who gives us daily bread. He who gives us grace upon grace. He who don't, doesn't consider us according to the multitude of our transgressions. He who does not judge us according to all the things that we've done wrong. He who offers us mercy every day. He who keeps us in a difficult city. You know, you live in a city like Lagos and it's hard sometimes. But every year you keep on thriving. When they say that this is the end of you, another job comes for you. When they say that this is the end of the rope, then another chapter opens to you. When people give up on you and say, finally, they've locked you up. Then all of a sudden, a new window opens. That is where gratitude should come from. 
Gratitude should come from the God who did it before. First Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. We'll start rounding up here now. Generous. 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 First Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, O God. I'm grateful for all you've done for me. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called the name of this place Ebenezer, saying, Thus far has the Lord helped us. I heard this scripture for the first time in 1979. It was my dad preaching that day and he was dedicating his son Ebenezer. And then he read this scripture and said, Kasina Allah is my Ebenezer. That's my second story from Kasina Allah. You know, last Sunday I told one story. I have many Kasina Allah stories because I was between seven, six, and nine in that town. You know, but it was, it was in 1979 my brother was born and my dad was dedicating. I think I was probably like eight, nine years old. Remember very clearly this message. I remember this scripture since then, since then. And what did my dad said? My dad was a man who was rejected by his parents because he decided to follow Christ. His parents were farmers and they didn't understand how a son with two, with two Okorobia hands, can say all he wants to do is preach. They thought that he was just being lazy and he doesn't want to go to the farm. So they actually rejected him and pushed him out of the house from when he was like 12. That is how he started living with Assemblies of God missionaries in Ogoja, in Cross River State. And from there, he became a houseboy to the missionaries. He was ironing their clothes. He was drawing straight lines. I guess that's where some of my perfectionism came from. He was always working with these white missionaries and they trained him to become a pastor from when he was 14. So all his life, he served the Lord. And he got such favor he wrote many praise and worship songs. He was a worshiper at heart. Whenever he preached, the atmosphere shifted massively. People were healed. I saw blind eyes open. I saw deaf ears open in the ministry of my dad. That got him a lot of attention and a lot of jealousy. It comes with the church. So jealousy did not start in the church today. It started a long time ago. Once you're doing something right, jealousy will follow you. So he will start a church. That's how he didn't plan to be a missionary, but he ended up becoming a missionary because he will start a church. So once the church gets to like 200 people, then he will help them to buy a land and build a church. Then the usurpers in ministry will think like, uh-uh, is he only Michael? Michael has a brand new bicycle. Because that time, what they were buying for their pastors was bicycle, official car. 
Michael had, and uh, how come Michael is the only one who has a brand new rally bicycle? And his bicycle had gears. I remember his bicycles. Then they will come and transfer him from that church to a brand new place, and he will go. Twice he was beaten and left for dead. There was a town in Benue called Orokam among the Idomas, where they said he revealed the masquerade secret to the women, and they beat him and left him for dead. Blood was coming out of his ears and out of his eyes. They left him. They thought he had died. Those kind of things you read about Saul, that's my dad. My dad had no chills. On Christmas Eve, he was on the mountain over a village preaching. I, I told that story once. All of you eating Christmas chicken. All of you eating Christmas goat. On the day of judgment, the chicken will cry out against you. Because you are eating chicken for Jesus who you do not know. The villagers were so angry, they came and carried him and threw him into the bush. He had no chills. But he had the ability to dig up the ground. Whether it was, whether it was Utonkong, we went. Or whether it was Taraku, he we went. Or whether it was Taraba State, Takum. My dad started a church in Takum. My dad started a church in Zakibiam. My dad said his church in Wokari, Kisinaala, Makodi. When there was trouble in Kano, they took my dad to go and solve the problems of Assemblies of God in Kano. He was just that man who, whenever he went somewhere, order came. The government of God came. Peace came. Power came. But for only one year, once they saw how authoritative and how compelling he was, jealousy entered and they looked for a way to take him out. That's the church of Christ. It's not only the church you know. I'm sure some of you just thought like, uh-uh, since then? Yes, since then. But it doesn't mean that God is not good. So this guy stood. At this point in time, he had built a 300-seater auditorium in Kasinala. He had just given birth to this boy. In Kasinala was the place where they left him to die. They sent him as a missionary without money. He walked on the road. I remember the story of Castanella. We actually came to Castanella by Keno. It was me, Uncle Micah. I told you the story about Wild Wind and Uncle Micah last week, right? Uncle Micah, me, my late brother Emmanuel, Uncle Micah, and my dad, four guys, we crossed the Keno into Castanella before they built a bridge. And in that town, my dad, we say, he put a bench. It was four of us on the chair, and he preached his heart out. And after that, we went for evangelism on Sunday morning. That's how we started the church. Three years later, he was sitting in a 300-seater auditorium, and he was dedicating his son. And that's when he read that scripture, 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. I'm going somewhere. You know I'm going somewhere. You always know I'm going somewhere, right? And he said, thus far, has the Lord helped me? He had no idea what was coming. There was a lot more coming for him. But he said what? Thus far has the Lord brought me. So far God has been with me. I can tell the hand of God is in my life. 
You know, we're always thinking about all the problems that are not yet solved. You know how we're always thinking about the challenges of tomorrow? You know how we always think about all the issues that have not been addressed yet? Say, thus far. Oh, church, you're not with me. Say, thus far. Has the Lord helped me? Say, thus far. Has the Lord helped me? Say it again. Thus far. Has the Lord help me up to this point God is with you up to this point God has not abandoned you yet up to today you can tell the handwriting of God is in your heart up to today God is still doing good in you up till today God is still present in your world up to today God's generosity is still reaching out to you so be full of gratitude be full of gratitude be full of gratitude. Why? You remember where you are coming from. Remember where you are coming from. And my dad remembered where he was coming from. So he said, thus far has the Lord helped me. So much more was coming for his life. I don't have time to tell you the entire story. But I just told you this to know that in your own story, you can look back and run a Rubik to where you've been, to where you're coming from. If it wasn't God, some of you would have lost your mind. If it wasn't God, the things the devil planned for you, some of you would have been destroyed. If it wasn't God, some of you will not be standing today. If it wasn't God, some of you would be somebody's sex slave. If it wasn't God, some of you will be instruments in the hand of the devil. If it wasn't God, some of you would have lost your mind. Thus far has the Lord brought me. Thus far has the Lord been with me. So far I can testify of the goodness of God. Hey, thus far the Lord shines His light on me. Gratitude should flow from your belly because thus far God is here with you today. He's here now. So close, so close to you. Arranging the trouble. Some of you would have been in EFCC detention till now. You know, you know that God saved you. That is where gratitude should come from. I remember a message Pastor Iken no KK, Pastor in Abuja, preached once. I thought all the message was freeze the moment. Every time God does something massive in your life, guess what you're supposed to do? Freeze the moment. Keep it in the cooler. You know how they bring, you know how they do surgery and bring out somebody's eggs and put it in a freezer, waiting for the appointed time when they can get cement to fertilize it. That's actually how we're supposed to freeze the goodness of God. Write it down. Freeze the moments of God's breakthrough. You were nothing before. Now God gave you a brand new job. Freeze that moment. <laughs> you didn't have a child before. God broke out mysteriously and gave you a son. Freeze that moment. Freezing the moment helps you to be grateful 
And being grateful helps you to unlock generosity in the spiritual world. People who don't know God call it the universe. Muslims call it give us never lack. Zakat. They call it zakat, the act of giving. A fifth of all Muslims have are supposed to be given to Allah to establish Islam in the world. It's called zakat. Muslims give. But I don't want you to give only handouts. I want you to give destiny. The most powerful thing to give is not just a, a plate of rice and every Christmas you carry 100 bags of food. What is that to you? Give destiny. I love giving destinies. I love helping someone buy their first jam form. I love helping someone pay school fees. I love it. Give destinies. You know destinies, the people will wake up tomorrow and they are a totally different level because you came into their life. Give destinies. Hallelujah. But how do you keep your heart fresh is to freeze the moments of God's goodness and generosity. If you will be honest with yourself, God has moved in your life before. If you've been honest with yourself, God has healed you before. If you've been honest with yourself, God has been merciful to you before. So what do you do? Freeze that moment. Freeze that moment. There are two things. Number one, thus far. Number two, freeze the moment. You want to unlock gratitude in your life. One of the keys is to remember when you didn't have it all, but God kept walking with you. How small you were, but God took you. I gave a testimony in the vigil about how I became intelligent. My entire intelligence, some of you think like I speak too intellectually and everything. My intel entire intelligence is a spiritual affair. God opened my brain. I was Olodo. I'm serious. I didn't understand more bon, con, 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 like, you know. So it shows up. My Olodoness shows up from time to time. So my kids tell me, Daddy, shut up. Like when we're watching movies. I'm going to ask, is that the boy's uncle? Is the uncle the father? You know, those kind of people ask those questions that the children get angry. <laughs> Everybody else understands what's going on apart from me. I don't used to grab on time. It was actually faulty foundations. I end with this story. On my... On my first day on arriving in Kasinala, I was enrolled in Township Primary School. And I went to school like everybody else. They called everybody's name and they didn't call my name. Obviously, in registration, the headmaster did not pass my name to the class teacher. So I went to the teacher boldly, six-year-old boy, and said to the teacher, Deninyamme. The teacher started to call all the tribes in the class. He called the Tiv, whether there's a dialect, called the Jukuns, the Tulo. He called the Idomas and said to them, I should repeat what I said again. I said to them, 
Denyi nyam me. Nothing happened that day. The teacher did not understand me, and I didn't understand. I could hear what the teacher was saying, but I couldn't communicate in any other kind of way. I was literally six years old. I went home that day and I asked my dad, how do you say in English, Denny Nyam Me? Then he said, write my name. That was my first English sentence. So I was literally disadvantaged. That school, I walked to, my father was that missionary pastor, I walked to, in the first two years, I trekked to school. If I remove my shoes, you see blisters on my feet because I walked bare feet to, shoe, to school. It wasn't only good luck, Jonathan, who said I had no shoes. Me too, I had no shoes. <laughs> and I walked to that school every day, every day. Applied myself. And one day, I stood across a Harvard MBA, and he said to me, Moses, lower your English. And I'm like, what? I should lower my English? I just remembered Denny Nyam Me. I don't know what journey you guys have and what your life really looks like. But I have seen the goodness of God in my life. So I'm always joyful. I'm always grateful. My eyes is not on what I don't have yet. My eyes is on what he has done. If you can just see how far Abba has brought you, there will be gratitude in your heart. And gratitude will kill sorrow out of your life. Gratitude will kill depression from your world. Gratitude will exterminate the issues of sleeplessness at night. Gratitude is what you need. The generosity of God should lead us to gratitude. The kindness of God should lead us to repentance. The goodness of God should lead us to holy acclaim and joy in the presence of the Lord. May you remember where He has brought you from. That song says, see how far you brought me. Like, can you imagine how far you've come? That is actually what this is about. If you can think about what would have happened if Jesus did not come into your life, if Jesus didn't save you, who would you have been? That is what produces gratitude. The devil meant to lock you away. 
The devil meant to hunt, hunt you. The devil meant to make you a widow. The devil meant you to make you a widower. The devil tried to kill my wife. The devil tried to kill my children. But look at how far the Lord has brought me. Thus far has the Lord. Thus far has the Lord blessed me. And if you can honestly say God has brought you some distance, He's taken you somewhere. He's taken you somewhere. This is not the end of the road. This is not the end for you. Let gratitude come up in your heart so you can make a good dive at the journey of God in your world in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive strength. Receive joy. Receive life. Remember that our God has never failed. Remember that God has kept you every day. So gratitude can fill your soul. Gratitude can fill your spirit. Is there anyone here grateful this morning? You want to give the Lord a shout offering? Shout! I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. Thus far, you brought me. Thus far, you kept me. Thus far, your grace spoke for me. Thus far, I see your strength. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Even when I'm ungrateful, you still give me mercy. Even when I'm, I am angry, your mercy still follows me. Thank you, my God. Thank you, my Father. You gave me destiny. You gave me a new name. You say I am yours. When the devil wanted me to take me, to poison me, to stain my garments of white. You gave me righteousness. You gave me the fear of God. These things don't poison me, don't take me over. I'm grateful for your goodness. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for those who love me. Thank you for my parents. Thank you for my siblings. Thank you for all you've given to me. You've certainly been good to me. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 